All right, all right. Welcome back to the Monetize Your Mindset podcast. Remember, this is where we talk about creating that financial security by monetizing those things that you already know or do. Before we get started today, because it's Christmas time and sometimes we can get in that stressful mode, finding the perfect gift, making things perfect, maybe we don't have money, maybe we lost a job, I want to suggest four of my podcasts, three from last year and one from this year that might be a good thing for people to go listen to. The first one is Dr. Paul Jenkins and he's episode number 22 and then he, he is a positivity psychologist. Then we have Kevin Clayson, who Paul suggested, who wrote the book, Flip the Gratitude Switch. Then we have Tiffany Peterson. She does a gratitude thing every year, a gratitude Facebook page where she goes live all the time. Great thing that she does during the right before the Thanksgiving week. Then we have Chris Barney. Last but not least, she talks about how her family gave back at Christmas time during those rough times. And it really touching stories there in that one as well. All right, today we have TJ Minlove, and we're going to talk about a plethora of things. But before we do that, you know what we got to do. Roll it. Are you prepared for what happens when what happens happens? Life happens when you least expect it. Create financial security. Monetize what you already know. Welcome to Monetize Your Mindset. Monetize Your Mindset. Identify your ideal side hustle so that you have the resources to deal with whatever happens when what happens happens. It's time to monetize your mindset. Here's your host, Bart Merrill. All right, like I said, we're going to talk with TJ Minlove today, and he is a connector. He knows how to connect. He knows how to cheerlead. He knows how to do many things that I wish I knew how to do better, and that's why we brought him on the show today. And one of the things, he had some really good advice at the end of the show about how to get started and, and things that you don't need to worry about. And so stick around to the end, listen to his advice on how to get started on taking that first step. All right, so before we get on to the show, last call for Monetize Your Mindset books for the stocking stuffers for the family. I think that's a great book for teenagers. They can learn a lot from the book that they're not going to be taught in schools. And so last call, go to bartmerrill.com, click on the shop, click on the money, uh, money mindset book, and you can buy it there. Or you can go to amazon.com and purchase it from Amazon. Either way is great with me. But just get that book out there into people's hands so that they can find their ideal side hustle. All right, with that, let's get to TJ Minlove and the show. All right, everybody, welcome TJ Minlove to the Monetize Your Mindset podcast. TJ, thank you for joining us today. Thanks, Bart. I'm excited to, to get to know your audience and to have them get to know me today. Well, it's kind of funny how this all started. I made a post in, in one of our Facebook groups that we're in. And I asked for people who might want to be on my show and you responded that gave me a little pitch and somehow, and I don't know how, but somehow I clicked thumbs down on your comment. You, you sent me back a nice message and I'll read it here in a second. But if I had seen that, I would have given you the, the old heave ho and told you to go on your way. But you nicely said, I may not be right for your show, and, and while I may not fit, a courtesy discussion would have been more appropriate than a negative thumbs down. This is where, where in my communication and business process, I always teach. 
And so instead of giving me the old heave ho, and you were so courteous and nice to me. Thanks, Bart. You know, I, I think that really goes into what I teach people. Like I said to you there briefly, I have a saying I use often. I say it, teach people that are in relationships or business to utilize this and implement it. And that is seek to understand before you seek to be understood, react, judge, or speak. And I live that, Bart. I really try to live that. And as I do, I know that you can turn a negative into a positive. I didn't know why you did that. I was shocked you did that, to be honest. (laughs) But the best thing for me to do instead of reacting is to seek to understand. And so that's why I was trying to do that. And I hope that if nothing else from this show today, others that listen to this will get that and live that. Seek to understand before you seek to be understood. React judge or speak. You know, I think that's great. And I show up so appreciated that from you. Are we had a long conversation afterwards? Are you familiar with BNI? Oh, of course I am very much so. In fact, I do a lot of business with, with the BNI group. When I got your message, that message, I was in the middle of a BNI online Zoom and I read that and I was shocked and I was responding to you and it came my turn to give my 30-second presentation and I wasn't paying attention. <laughs> so you caused me to lose 15 seconds of my presentation and get embarrassed. <laughs> well, I was hoping to give you good energy, not negative energy, but hopefully that energy caused some change. It did, it did. So often in life when we're, someone cuts you off and you react or... I've heard stories of, you know, being on an airplane with a crying baby. In fact, I even have a story where I was coming out on a flight. I don't remember from where, and we got diverted to Boise because of the weather. And I had changed seats with a little kid who was going to be sitting by me so he could sit with his parents. And I didn't realize I was moving to a seat with a baby in it, automatically thinking that this was going to be a a bad flight. The baby was the funnest and the most entertaining. It was the best flight I'd been on in a long time. She didn't cry in the landing, didn't do anything that was negative. And so we have these preconceived notions that we just need to let go of and do our best to be a a part of the fixing the problem than a part of the problem. Boy, Bart, that that was said so well. You know, one of the other things I use as I do some motivational speaking and other things is is an old saying, but I've added on to it as I do. And that is, we come into someone's life for a time, a season, or a reason. And we've all heard that. I add, and if you don't take the time to find out why, it becomes your loss. I never want it to be mine. Do you want it to be yours? You took the time to find out why you're in that seat, why you're in that energy in that moment at the time, and you got a chance to probably learn something about yourself during that and about that baby. And that's how we need to be is treat everyone like that baby. You just said to get to know them, to just to, to find out why you came into someone's life in that reason. And I've learned in connections and relationships and business that we need to do that more often. Yes, absolutely. All right. So now we've kind of got into some things. I want you to introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about your background for me and for my audience. No problem. Well, I'm, uh, I'm originally from the South and people say the South. I say, yeah, Southern California. And they say, oh, that's not the South. I say, well, hell, it ain't the North. Bless your heart. <laughs> now, any of you that are from the South know when you say bless your heart, what that means. 
But uh, I, I grew up in Southern California as a Southern California beach boy. I've since been transplanted to Utah and lived here most of my life, came up to go to a great school, the University of Utah at the time. I thought I was going to go into medical school, Bart. That was my goal. Instead, I learned that school wasn't my thing. You know, after five years at the U and still being a freshman, I decided <laughs> I needed a, a, a commitment. And I decided to go into communications. And a lot of people go, do you use your degree? Right now, I said, yeah, organizational communications to me is what I do now. I, I really do use communications and I do it often. So I, uh, I started in Utah at the University of Utah, got married, uh, later, unfortunately, got divorced. During that process now in Utah, people, as I've met them, go, man, you're a major connector. You're a major networker. Almost everyone I meet, either I know someone that's one degree from you or two degrees from you, not the seven degrees that they say, but it's very close. And, and I value that. I value that I can do that. And that's what I do in business today is I teach people how to connect, how to create a success system of connecting so you can become more referable, so more people can know who you are and what you do and increase your life with them in it and them in, in, your, in your life, vice versa. From that standpoint, I've done many different things in the past. Uh, actually got a company on Shark Tank. Mark Cuban became our partner for a while. Uh, we can discuss that if that's something that's of interest. Also, I do stand-up comedy. So uh, <laughs> I love that portion of it. I, I've learned with that to be kind of fluid. I've done radio, TV. But more importantly, I love being, if you will, that motivator, someone that helps people change their life, change their behaviors, not because I teach them anything so amazing, but that I create awareness so that they can change their life. That sounds amazing. A lot of the stuff that you have just mentioned, I mean, connection, especially in this time and the way things are with COVID and stuff, it's hard to connect. Yeah. You know, we're doing that. I mean, I say it's hard. It's easy to do this, but it's hard to connect, if that makes well, sense. You no, know, it, it totally makes sense. And I, it doesn't matter what you're doing. Like I said, if it's life or business or relationships, connection comes down to one thing, effective communication. And if you truly have a desire to meet someone, get to know them and connect with them, that saying, I'm going back to it again, that we started the show with. Seek to understand before you seek to be understood, react, judge, or speak. Seek to get to know someone. Seek to ask questions truly from your heart. Get to know them. Don't think about what you're going to say as a response. Get to know them so that you can engage and create a relationship. Because, Bart, how many times have you heard most people value being heard? Yes. And a lot of people make the mistake of trying to be heard before they listen. Yeah. There's a lot, and there's a lot of, there's a lot of motivational speakers, a lot of coaches, people out there who talk before they talk about themselves before talking about you and, and helping you, if that makes sense. No, it totally, it totally makes sense. I, I use that acronym again, you know, God gave us two ears and one mouth so we can listen twice as much as we speak. And yet how I teach people to connect is truly that way. And that is seek to understand, seek to learn about them. Just ask them questions. Don't worry about you. In fact, half the time when people, except for on the show here that you've asked me to describe or tell a little about myself, half the time when people ask me a question, I'll answer it short, sweet, and I'll deflect it back to them with a question about them. Because I truly do know that if they can be heard, if they feel secure with me, they're going to open up and be honest and communicative with me. 
and now I can find a way to help them. Now they can see how they can help me. And it just makes that union in a communication factor, in a relationship, so much stronger. Please don't deflect back to me because that would make my job way harder than it needs to be here. <laughs> no, I've been on your side. I'm now on this side. I, like I said, I've done radio and TV. So I'm totally playing the role that I need to play today. So whatever you need for now until we get to the end of the show, then I'll deflect back. All right. <laughs> you said if we wanted to know about the Mark Cuban experience, and, and I do. I'm a, I have a love-hate relationship with Mark Cuban. Not that he even knows who I am. But I like a lot of what he stands for and what he does. But then there's just some things where I shake my head and I go, I don't get it. I don't understand. So tell us about your Shark Tank experience. Yeah, yeah. I, I totally understand what you're saying there, Bart. I can relate with that too. You know, being in, in a uh, situational ship, as I call it, with, with him. So back uh, uh, several years ago, I had two gentlemen that came and talked to me and they said, hey, we've got this product that, or we've got an entrepreneur class down at UVU and we're trying to create a presentation for it. We've got this thing that we're trying to do and I want to kind of know if you really see this as a, as a great presentation. And I said, okay, tell me what it is. And they said, well, we've got this, this chemistry reactive lip balm we're trying to create where if you put one on you and one on someone else and they kiss, it becomes a chemistry reaction. So for an example, as we were developing this and working on this with them after they came to me and we were trying to develop a presentation, we wanted to create an experience called Fire and Ice. Fire and Ice was, you had one, one lip, lip balm, and by the way, it was known as Kiss Sticks, K-I-S-S-T-I-X-X. -S fire was this one where you had the fire, someone put on the fire, the other partner would put on the ice. And when you would kiss and come together, one would fill the fire and one would fill the ice until you broke. And then the other would fill the fire. The other would fill the ice. And then we created raspberry lemonade, uh, strawberry daiquiri, pina colada, which is a drink outside of Utah people, people drink. Uh, and then we, <laughs> we had a chocolate dipped strawberry, a caramel apple. There was a lot of different ones. Well, make a long story short, these guys are seniors at Utah Valley University at the time. And so we had created this product, got it all out. They did a great presentation. UVU loved it. They backed it. Zions came in, loved it, but we needed more exposure. And so we put them on the show Shark Tank. And, and these two guys, and the reason why we did that was simply because here they were as college seniors creating something amazing. If they could do it, you could do it is kind of the right. story we had. And so during that time, they were pitching to Mark Cuban and, uh, well, everyone actually, but Mark loved it after we had Kevin O'Leary, Mr. Wonderful, and Barbara Cochran kissing on air. And no Barbara, way! <laughs> and Barbara made one comment. She goes, I don't know about my chemistry with Kevin, but this stuff really worked. And whether we got a deal or not, that just propelled everything to start happening uh, on our end. But we did have some sales. I actually was in charge of getting that out there. So we had it in all the Kroger's, the, uh, the Walgreens, the, the Smith's, well, Smith's is Kroger, Fresh Markets, Macy's. We had it everywhere, including Target. And so that was a fun experience to now go in the business with Mark. They mainly did a lot of that with Mark. I was kind of there and helped them. But I was a consultant with them, but became as a partner with them in business because of my ability to communicate and connect with others, that this just became great. And Mark's a great guy. The, the one negative we had, the one negative we had is that during the whole process, 
is Chapstick decided they want to come in and knock us off. So they created a thing similar. We had a raspberry lemonade. They created a mix stick, not kiss stick, a mix stick, a double-ended tube. On one end, they had raspberry, sorbet, and lemon. Well, tell me that's not raspberry lemonade, okay? <laughs> but either way, Chapstick did it, and they got into Walmart. Now, we didn't want to get into Walmart. If any of you know Walmart, you understand as, a, as an entrepreneur having a business that they, they kind of cutthroat you and really you know, go after you to make sure it's the best deal for them. So we didn't want to get in Walmart, but we noticed they were in Walmart at the time. And so, and then they tried to come into Walgreens. At that time, we simply called Mark and Mark says, don't worry about it. I got my attorneys on it. And he got his attorneys on it. He ended up settling out with, with them, took the money that he had that he had invested back to himself, gave some to the company here and we continued around. But it really, it really didn't seem like, like it was a fair deal in our way because he just kind of did it. But right. it's saying, how did we know, you know? These guys were young. I was not, you know, in communication with him about that as much as they were. So it just happened. And as it happened, it was all for the best. I had a great experience with that. But uh, more importantly, it taught me a lot. And now I've utilized what I've learned in business today. Well, I actually have a chapter in my book that deals with a comment he made. And he made a comment on some interview he did that the quotation was, the greatest, what is it? The greatest lie perpetrated um, on the American people is follow your passions. And I was just like, wow, that's coming from Mark Cuban who, and he says he wanted to be an NBA player, but because he had a a seven inch vertical, he wasn't going to make it in the NBA, but, but he still followed his passion. Right. Anyway, I have a whole chapter in my book about that comment alone. I just thought that was weird that he would say something like that. Yeah, I, I've never heard that. That's interesting to hear. And, I, and again, with my, with my mind, it's like, oh, I believe Bart, but let me now go seek to understand and find out why. So I'm going to go do some research on my own. Yeah, and, and there was another interview. I'd have to go back to my book. And, and there was another interview where he kind of clarified, you know, that he clarified in the one interview about his seven-inch vertical and then in another interview, he, he clarified things and made it a little better. But yeah, following your passions, I, I understand where he's coming from because sometimes, sometimes following your passions is maybe not the most, the best thing you could do, the most lucrative thing you could do, but most still. Following your passions are also known as entrepreneurs. That's right. And, and entrepreneurs, you know, I've always said this part, man, they, they work 80 hours a week to make $2 an hour, you know? But it's because of that passion. But those that really can learn how to create a success system and implement that success system with help from coaches and mentors and others along the way truly can excel. You know, one of my other one of my other connections with Mark is my my cousin uh, played ball for him. Um, It's actually a second cousin of mine. Um, If I stood on the chair, I'm five nine and about 155 pounds. If I stood (laughs) on the chair, you would understand and recognize who that would be. And that was Sean Bradley. So uh, I also had the uh, fun time to hang out with Sean and Mark when he came to town once. So that was fun. Awesome. That's just a, an interesting story about being able to get those kids on Shark Tank and the product on Shark Tank. Is the product still out there? No, it's, it's, it's kind of a, it was kind of a fad product. Uh, we had it out there. And one of the things that Mark wanted to do at the time is he wanted to take it to Korea and then Germany and England. And that's fine. Put on the internet, if you will. And we all want to do that. But 
Unfortunately, there are certain rules with SPF 15 and lips and all that stuff that they didn't want that in the product that we had that as part of it. So there had to be a retooling on our end. It costs hundreds of thousands of dollars to do that at the point. And so at that point, um, I had stepped away and the other partners had were there for a while. Another partner stepped away. One is still doing stuff with Mark, but he is doing proprietary things for companies, like they're private labeling it um, for like pure romance and party girls and all the home, you know, the home things. They're gotcha. doing more of the proprietary things that, that utilize that now. That's fun. That's interesting and fun. Okay, so now let's kind of transition back over to communication and how to make the best connections. What is your advice other than what we've already gone through? Do you have any steps to communication? Well, you know, yeah, what we've already gone through, I think that's the first step, you know, is, is just to, to seek to understand and get to know someone. The other stuff is really to engage with them. And one of the things that's been interesting, we didn't mention, I'd mentioned this on the show, but we've cr- I've created an app with some business partners. And in fact, if you look at my tag right there, it says ypcnow.com. You right. can actually go download this app. It's, it's actually, we have so many robust tools because it's a success system. And part of that success system is getting to know someone, engaging with them, and then finding ways to serve and help them to, to really ha- create that relationship with you. You know, we've all heard that the more th- those that give back get more. That's all true if you're in the right market. If you keep helping a lot of needy people, you're going to con- you're going to be needy yourself. I had a company many years back called Financial Fitness Centers of America, and with Financial Fitness Centers of America, we taught people how to make money, save money, and get out of debt. Now we had to hone that in. We had to tool that so that we were in a position to make some money with it because we had a lot of people that were struggling, and rightfully so they were. But at the same time, the more we spent with those people that kind of took us down, if you will, because they wanted all of our time and effort and weren't getting back, we became needy ourselves, and we noticed that. So I've had to pivot when I was back then and change that. So one of the things I say is that you need to take to learn how to find out what that person needs from you first and deliver that. So within the app YPC, we've actually created that to where you get, you take someone unknown, you engage with them, you create a relationship. And as you create that relationship in that part, you get business with them. And as you get business with them, you get raving referrals and raving ratings. And those things now just perpetuate and start to grow. So that's interesting. How does it create the relation, help you create the relationship other than tell us a little bit about what it does when you pass it back and forth? Okay. So within the app, there's many different tools. One of the tools we have is creating an electronic business card or electronic profile. And within that card, there's a lot of e-cards out there, but none of them have a success tool or have certain widgets I'm going to share here. One of those is when you create that, you can, you can put on your cameo picture. You can have an electronic brochure that tells who you are, what you do, and with what you do, how you help people win the day. But you also get to add a video with each different profile. I say each different profile because you get to create eight different profiles in there depending on the genre, what type of business you're going after. So you can create a video and when people watch that video, now they get to know you, like you, and trust you. That's very important in connection. Tell people know you, like, and trust you. They're not going to do anything with you. But the biggest thing that we have as a tool in that app is each one of those profiles has a referral button. You actually can hit the refer button and send that in a text to anyone and you show up to them telling your story. Not having that person try to tell them who you are. You show up telling your story 
So they get to see you and all your glory in your video and your in your electronic brochure. But the benefit of that is they now have your, your electronic profile business card. They can hit that refer button that came to them on theirs. So now you can extend your reach with everyone you meet. Additionally, within the app, we actually have certain systems of a what we call our VIP directory. We allow you to create your own directory. These are your customers, your clients, people you like to associate with. So that when it comes time and they ask you who you know that you can refer to them that needs a roof or needs a plumber or needs electrician, you also have another directory we let you do, which is called your personal referral community. These are people you vetted. These are people you do business with. And simply all you do is you open it up so they get to see your personal referral community in the app. You get to grant them permission to do that if they're truly your VIP people that you want to help and they want to help you. Wow. Obviously, word of mouth marketing is very powerful. If you're granting them access, that just creates more credibility for the people you're letting them access. Yeah. Yeah. So you're helping more people really extend their reach with everyone they meet because you're, you're allowing them into your circle of influence. Those that right. you, you know, you can term it your own B&I group, but it's, it's everyone that you've created as your personal referral community. People that you really like, know, and trust. So that collapses those timeframes again. When they get referred, they've already got a leg up on someone else. Right. And now they can create that same thing. These individuals, you have to create their own personal referral to me, which of course you will be in that most likely. So they're going to refer you more often as well. That's something that I think businesses could take a lot of advantage of, especially the smaller businesses. They could really use that to, to generate referrals. Yeah. The one other thing we add in there is we actually have your personal contacts. When I'm engaging with you, first and foremost, Bart, I may not know you, but if I just hand you the traditional business card and I say, here you go, Bart, what generally happens to a business card? Goes in a stack. Yeah. Yeah. There, there's this gentleman I met. When I say his name, you're going to smile and laugh. There's this gentleman I met and said, this is a great tool and a great system. He goes, come over to my office and show me. And I says, okay, show me what you have with all the business cards you've created. He took me in his office. He opened up this bag, this Smith's bag, and dumped all of these business cards on his <laughs> table. He took his orange bucket he had, which is a Halloween bucket, and dumped it on his table. And Cameron Thorne said, these are all the business cards that I collected the last two weeks. He goes, I had good intention of doing something with them, putting them in my, my um, CRM or, or scanning them or whatever else he was going to do. He said, but it didn't get done. With right. our tool and success system, we have it. So when you engage with someone right then, they get your information, you get their information, and now you can move forward in creating that relationship you've been wanting to do without any excuses. Now that you mentioned that, if I were to say my biggest business card system is going to be Facebook, well, what happens when I get thrown in Facebook jail or let's just say they go away? I know that's unreasonable, but something happens or they decide they want to take my list. It's not my list. It's not my list in Facebook unless I have it somewhere else. That's right. And so YPC is actually a social media app. One of the okay. only ones out there that really is for connections and all that stuff and how we created it. So it is your YPC, your personal connections. These are yours and, and you have them and you also have them to where you could use a V card and download them in your phone if you wanted a backup as well. So it's not just going to rely on the app. It's also in your phone. But more importantly, using the app and all of the robust systems we have and the 
and the privacy things we have and all of the things that we've really implemented really do in, increase your traction of creating relationships and getting business and giving business simple and affecting, effectively saving you time and money. And who doesn't want to save time and money while they're trying to create more money? Perfect for the side hustler. Yep, exactly. So I'm trying to decide here, TJ, if um, we want to go into the, the pillars or should we take save that for another time? I, I think we ought to save that for another time. I think okay. that if people respond back and say, we want to know about the prosperity pillars for life, business, and relationships, if they come back to you and say, Bart, how come we didn't get that done? Then let's you and I schedule another time. If they don't, well, let's, we give them a, let's give them a little teaser. Give me a little tease on the... Well, one of the first ones is the first pillar in anything in life, business, or relationship is I create my life. How many times do we go out and we just let business happen to us instead of creating that life? The other one that we'll talk about is I take personal responsibility. You know, I, I teach my kids this often. I say... You have a right to choose your, your, you have a right to make your choices. You don't have a right to choose the consequences of your choices. They're either legal, natural, or universal. So make those choices wisely. Well, if you create your life and you take personal responsibility, you're moving ahead in the game of life. And that is to do the one thing that sometimes we don't like to do, but you have to act in spite of your mood. I say, I act in spite of my mood. You know, Bart, going back to the beginning of when we started this, if I would have acted in spite, of, in spite of my mood, the way you put me in that mood of a thumbs down, and I know that was an accident. You don't know how you did it. I learned that. But if I would have acted on that, I would have been in a negative experience the whole rest of my day. But I acted in spite of my mood, and my mood changed and enhanced, and so did yours. Yeah, that's so true. So we will, that's just a tease. We'll have you back on another time to talk about that. And now we're going to go into the questions that I like to ask my people. Let's go. I call them my people. I guess they're my, my guests. First one, you know, Babe Ruth was a home run king, but he was also a strikeout king as well. We're all going to have ups and downs. We're, gonna, we're not going to just have a continually uptrend. So what is one of your failures where you have learned the most and what did you learn? Wow. You know, I had to do this on another show once and they asked the same question and I responded with the same and who's copying me. Just kidding. No one, no one knows. <laughs> um, but it was something that uh, I get very emotional on because it affected me in a major way. Posing myself, as I say this, um, it actually was my marriage and my family. I got married younger did everything that I was taught I should do at the young age, you know, uh, getting back from uh, an LDS mission at the time, uh, met someone within three months of getting back, became engaged a week later, a week, married three months later. Wow. You know, wow. Learned, learned that within three weeks to a month, I had made a mistake that maybe I should have given a little more time, but I was following the direction of what I was kept being told to me. And found out we couldn't have children. We ended up adopting children. We adopted four kids. That marriage lasted 20 years. And it lasted 20 years because I wasn't authentic to myself in, in that I should have learned early on that I made the mistake. I maybe rushed this more than need be. I learned at that point, I need to be authentic to myself because today, even though I have four kids, I have a relationship with one of them. 
One of them is just had the first grandbaby. He doesn't hardly reach out to me at all. Um, I haven't seen the grandbaby. It's, it's hard on me right now. The second one, unfortunately, is homeless today in Utah. He's, uh, he's schizophrenic, has some mental illness, uh, autistic behaviors. I've tried to help him, can't help him. My third one, I have a relationship. My fourth one just recently got adult adopted before she went on a church mission. And here's the, here's the emotional thing. She went on a mission to the exact same mission I went to. Was that something else in the universe telling her that we needed to have connection in doing that? Well, it didn't happen. She just got back last week and I haven't spoken to her since she's, since she's uh, 17. Uh, so I think to me, my biggest failure was my marriage. Maybe I didn't put enough into it. Maybe I didn't, but I learned at that point that you need to, you need to really, really give it your all and where you give it your all it will succeed. I think I, even though I made it 20 years, I did it because everyone wanted to, uh, I didn't want to disappoint anyone. My dad, my mom, they're all, you know, I didn't want to do that. I didn't want to be judged. I didn't want to, you know, and so I made it that, that long, but I think I let my children down who were adopted number one. So that creates another dynamic in the relationship of abandonment issues and stuff. And number two, I, I think it was when they were younger and therefore I didn't, I didn't engage with them during that post-adoption as well, or post-divorce as well as I should have. Wow. That is an emotional one. So now let's flip that. Let's flip the question. Let's do. Let's go to our best, let's, let's get it up thing and our, go to our where, biggest success. This is flip the question where I get to ask you now, right? Oh, mm-hmm. no. <laughs> flip the question to your biggest success and what did you learn? Well, um, I, I think the biggest success for me was when I was running the company, when I started Financial Fitness Centers of America, and uh, when I worked with people of all walks of life, I, again, was speaking with corporations uh, at Lunch and Learns to help their employees to reduce their stress. But I learned that not everyone knows and is literate about finances. During that period of time, I've learned you don't need to judge someone because of what they drive, what they wear, what they're, because they just may not have learned how to be, how to create abundance. They may not learn all of the things. So I think to me, that was my biggest success is to impart that knowledge to them so that they can have a different life. This was burned into my being in a different way. I I say this quite often on my program that I grew up on a pig farm in Southern New Mexico. And my dad wasn't just a farmer. He was a businessman. He had his hands in a dairy up in Idaho, a mushroom plant in Fillmore, Utah. He owned part of a, it was called the Onion House. Uh, It was a produce warehouse in Phoenix, Arizona that used to be where Diamondback Stadium now stands. And so when, when Diamondback Stadium wanted that property, it sold for a premium and dad made a good chunk of change. So he wasn't just a farmer. He was a businessman, had the ups and downs of business, but he, he taught me things just by his example. You know, he didn't sit me down and, and talk to me about the birds and bees of business. I just watched and he encouraged me, had my first business at age 15 when I got my driver's license. I started a mobile disco system to go do dances and stuff. And he was right, him and mom were right there supporting me and helping me. And, and so I just grew up in that situation. Whereas if you didn't grow up with that, you don't think like I do. 
you know, it doesn't have to be my dad, but if you didn't grow up in that situation, you're going to have to learn from mentors and coaches and people who did. You have people who spend money because they can't control their spending, or they think that their tax return is a savings account for play money when really they're just lending the government money for free. And it just clicked that, that it's different for other people from the way they grow up. Whereas I thought my life was normal. No. You know, one of the other things I learned there, Bart, it was really interesting. And I just had the aha moment right now as you're saying that. But I really have learned back then that debt, that when people were spending and getting in the debt, it was an addiction. And why I say that, because most of the people, I, I had a book I wrote during that thing with, a, we had uh, different books and pamphlets we wrote. One was children and money. And one of the things I talked about in there is most parents would go buy something for their kids for Christmas because they didn't have it, because it was filling an emotional need for them. It was an addiction to spend, spend, spend to do that. I hope coming up on the Christmas season now, people will listen to that because I learned that early on when I asked my kids, uh, when we were writing that book, what they got for Christmas the year before, and they couldn't tell me. They couldn't tell me what they got. But when I started creating an inventory sheet in a game I created in that book now saying that, okay, we got you this. Now, if you don't, when you've done playing it with your friends, you go through the inventory sheet, make sure all the pieces of the puzzle, all the pieces in the, um, and the game are there together and put back up because once every six months, we're going to go through and we're going to look at this, at this, uh, game. We're going to look at this toy. We're going to look and see if it's all complete. And if it's not, we're donating it. And when I did that, that emotionally hit my kids and my kids to this day, the ones that, I, I, I mean, my oldest one is pretty financial literate because he values a dollar. Yeah. And, and that's something that most people hadn't learned. So yes, you're right. You know, sometimes we don't know where people came from and they weren't taught properly. And now they're covering it up emotionally, which becomes an addiction as well. And I, I say other people, but even, even me right now with Cyber Monday, we're in the middle of Cyber Monday. We're getting hit with ads you know, we're recording this on Cyber Monday and I get a hit several times already this morning for the, the pellet grills because that's on my wish list because all the cool guys have them. All the cool guys are smoking meats and, and eating good. And, and I, that's one of the things that I kind of want, but I've told myself and I've talked myself out of it several times because that three, I think they're 350 ish around $300 with the cyber deals right now that money could be put into Facebook ads or something else to generate money. Whereas that, that grill is just going to cost me money because now I'm going to have to go buy meat. If I want to take advantage of that thing that I just bought, I'm going to have to go buy big brisket and, and roast it several times to make it. And so that, that turns into a liability. And so I, th I often think about if I'm going to buy something, I want to buy an asset. Something, I want to spend money on something that it's going to create money instead of cost me money. Yeah, I've often said, you know, is it really important to own something? Or if you have usership of it, is it just as easy and important? So I've got a referral for you. I'll send you. Tony Castillo lives in your area. Tony smokes meats all the time, lives in, down right there by you. And he's constantly doing this. I know if I reached out and connected you and Tony together that you would have a place to take your meat smoke and he'd even help you and it will achieve what you want to achieve he gets to feel good about teaching you because he loves to do that and we can solve your problem emotionally today bart awesome i'm thanks i have, i feel like i'm emotionally saved now good <laughs> i can have my i can have my cake and eat it too which is something right? that i like right
Let's go to the next question. What is an influence in your life, whether it's a book, a podcast, or a person that, that you just think has made the difference in your life? And, and what did you learn from, from that book, podcast, or person? So this goes back a little ways. Uh, many of you may have heard of, of the old company, A.L. Williams. I actually had a colleague got involved with uh, A.L. Williams, not because I wanted, I grew up playing, selling life insurance. That's what it was. That wasn't what it was. But I got involved because of a relationship and a connection I had. During that relationship and connection, I, within two years of joining that company, became a senior vice president here in Utah, and I was making over $300,000 a year. I was connecting with people. I was doing everything at a young age. Now, most people said maybe I was that little egotistical back then and a little prideful back then, and I understand that. But at age 28, I, hey, I, I was doing good things. But during that period of time, I got to know Art Williams very well and his sidekick, Hubert Humphrey, and, and a few of the uh, Monty Holm. And, and all these people, Monty Holm to this day is the, the CEO or on the board of directors now of World Financial Group. You have all the people that are with Primerica, which A.L. Williams was uh, bought out by Primerica. So all of these people that I got to know in that arena are still good friends of mine to this day. And so I will say that, my, that what Art Williams taught me and Hubert taught me was keep the main thing the main thing. So when you're making a focus, when you're deciding what to do, keep the main thing the main thing. And that was far before Stephen Covey's Seven Habit came out. And yet that also impacted me. But I think Art Williams was a great mentor to me. I, I, I learned so much about people during that moment, because even though these people were making hundreds of thousands of dollars back in that day, which was great money, if they didn't get a t-shirt of recognition to go when they went up on the stage, even if it said cream of the crap, if they didn't get it, or they would, they would, they would be frustrated and depressed and have anxiety because they were competitive enough to want to excel themselves in their business. And I learned that about people is how to reward and compliment people in a good way, the way art taught me to do. And that's why I do that to this day. Well, and that's one thing that I always feel that I have to work on is being the, I call it being the cheerleader. Yeah, I, I, I teach cheerleading marketing. That's one of the things I do talk about. It's just one of those things where sometimes I, as a, as a boss or a business owner, as a president of the BNI club or the the Toastmasters, BNI chapter Toastmasters club, I sometimes, they know they're appreciated. They know they're respected. They, they know they're good. When as really they, they, they want to, they need to feel it. People need to feel appreciated, loved, and, and that they're good. Yeah. Yeah. And that's something that I continue to try and work and I mean, I'll just share a quick story. BNI, BNI Business Networkers International, for people who don't know, it's a, we pass referrals back and forth. And every year they have the highest, you know, one-to-ones, meaning that you get together with people. Referrals, the highest number of referrals and the largest number of thank you for closed business. And that happens as you come in as a new president. And I came in as the new president and I... I did give the awards out, but I didn't make a big deal about it when it really is a big deal when someone has thank you for closed business of $70,000 for a year period, year's period of time or, or more. I had to go back that second week after I thought about it and say, okay, guys, I didn't do a good enough job of giving credit for where credit was due. 
these guys deserve a whole lot because look at what they did. And so I had to, I continually have to work on that myself. I understand that it's important and I, I understand that that's something, or I'm glad that that's something that you learned. I, I learned that early on in, in life. And that's why I think that's part of my connection tool I use as I'm constantly looking for a reason to give someone a compliment, whether it's male, female, business, personal, I mean, it's got to be authentic, just not, just not a BS one. It's got to be authentic. In fact, that's how I connected with another good friend that you and I know, and we're a lot alike, and that is Dan Rawls. I see yeah. Dan, I've seen Dan this week, actually. He's in town now skiing and all that stuff. But <laughs> that's exactly how we connected is I met him with him, gave him a compliment. He goes, I love that. And, and that, because of that, created that connection. And, and now we're best of friends. It's, it's important. I'm, that's something that I don't think has been brought up on my podcast before. But it's something that is very important is given the compliments, given the recognition, being a good cheerleader. Anyway, that's what I learned. I think that's the most important thing I learned early on. And, and that, that set me where I'm at now. Great lesson. Great lesson. Where can people connect with you? Where's the best well, place? Well, of, of course, um, they can get me on Facebook. I'm under TJ Menlove, M-E-N-L-O-V-E. You, on here, the ypcnow.com. If you go download the app, you can see it. You can go to our directory. It's a nationwide directory. You can search TJ Menlove in the directory. Once you've downloaded the app, you get to use all that for free. And you can call me, text me, email me, look at my website. You can get a hold of me anywhere through that directory, the public directory. Awesome. I'll put those in the show notes. Last question as we're, we're heading out of here. For someone who's on the fence, having a hard time taking that first step and getting started because... You, you probably know, TJ, that often it's that first step that's the toughest to take. What is your best advice to them to, to help them get off the fence and take that first step? Wow, that's, that's an important question, and I hope I can answer it right. Uh, I'll start it with a, just a brief story, and that is people always ask me, why are you so fast? Why do you do everything so fast? You talk fast, you, you engage, you do this fast, and 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 aren't you afraid you're going to make a mistake? And here's what I say to them. I do it fast because I can pivot faster. And by the time you get there, I'm already on to the third or fourth different thing that I'm trying to do to create. So what I suggest to anyone that's on the fence is just start, just start, just implement and do something. Yes. Are you going to fail? As long as it, you're not a failure, yeah, maybe you'll fail at one thing or another. But if you don't start, you don't learn. And if you don't start and implement, you're never going to get traction to move ahead. And I've always said those that do research and development are going to continue to do research and development paralysis of analysis for a long time. Start somewhere. Very, that's great advice. I call it perfect procrastination paralysis by analysis. Yep. I know I'm guilty. Want to have it perfect before it gets out there and it never gets out there. Don't worry about what people think about you. Don't worry about all of the things that we, we want to feel good about. Just be your authentic self. Start and do something. And I promise you that as you do, whatever energy you put to something will come about, good or bad. So put that good energy out. Start. Implement it. Get some traction. Invite that creative visualization to happen for you. Put that out there. Visualize it happening. And then implement it as you do. And you'll find that things will happen. Maybe it's not the way you think it's going to be. Maybe it's another direction in there, 
but you're going to learn. And that's why my success has always been just go do it. Just start. Art Williams, I'm going back to him. People say, but Art, people aren't listening to me. Just do it anyways. Art's bigger thing is just do it anyways. And that's what I've learned as the thing to say is just start. Great advice today, TJ. Thanks for joining us. I appreciate your time. And we will. Yeah, we will have to circle back and, and get to your three pillars and we'll we'll plan that for the Actually, first of the year. Pillars. We just only did three. It's twelve. Okay, twelve pillars. Gotcha. And so that that will take a whole podcast in itself. All right. Well, thanks for joining us once again. Thanks, Bart. And for all those out there listening, until next time, go monetize it. Thanks for listening to the Monetize Your Mindset Podcast. Podcast. To identify your ideal side hustle. Go to youridealsidehustle.com. Here, take a deep dive into what you like to do, what you need to do, what you're already doing, and then ask, how can I monetize it? Come on back next week for more on how to create financial security so you can deal with whatever happens when whatever happens, happens. Because it will happen.